0: are strange times, aren't they? As COVID-19 has inched closer and closer to home, we're dealing with new realities. We're using phrases like social distancing. People are debating the difference between preppers and hoarders, those who are taking reasonable precautions and those who seem to be preparing for the apocalypse. Opportunists have created a black market for products like uh, face masks and Lysol and hand sanitizers. And of course, the biggest question on everyone's mind has been, why is everyone buying so much toilet paper? We know that we should have a supply of the basics that we might need if we face a quarantine, but the rush to buy toilet paper has been unusual. Paul Marsden calls it retail therapy. He's a consumer psychologist at the University of Arts, London. And he explains the rush to stockpile toilet paper as a a way of managing our emotions. He said, it's about taking back control in a world where you feel out of control. With the coronavirus, it's what we don't know that makes makes us feel so powerless. Nobody knows how far it'll spread. Nobody knows how soon it'll be resolved. Nobody knows when it might affect us or someone we love. And when it feels like there's nothing we can do, we can't control it, we just buy some more toilet paper, even if we've got all the toilet paper we need. And when it feels like that, we we try and reassure ourselves. Reassure, reassure ourselves with the thought, at least I have control over something. One of the reasons we end up turning to re- retail therapy, when it feels like life is out of control, is that's what everyone else is doing. It doesn't feel particularly rational, but we don't have any better answers. Last week, we started a series in the Psalms where we were uh, looking at Israel's oldest playlist. It's a collection of songs that God's people wrote to cope with the highs and lows of life. Today I'd like to look with you at a song that David wrote. He was Israel's most famous king. And while he never faced COVID-19, he did feel powerless in the face of overwhelming circumstances. But instead of buying toilet paper or looking to retail therapy to help him, he turned to God and found his confidence in Him. He experienced courage, hope, and assurance. Hope in God, that might sound like a cliche, find your confidence in God. But the confidence is real, and God does something powerful in our lives when we turn to him. You might like the sounds of, sound of those words, but wonder, how do you actually get that? Let me first read David's song, and then walk you through the steps that he, he gives us to find confidence in God. Uh, If at this point you want to pause the video and go grab a Bible, it'll help you follow along. If you haven't already, you may want to download the handout as well. It'll give you a roadmap for the message and help you to uh, just track with me as we're going through this passage. I'll read now from Psalm 27, verses 1 to 14. Psalm 27, starting at verse 1. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living wait for the Lord be strong and let your heart take courage wait for the Lord this is the word of God now let's try and walk through this song together and see how David found such confidence in God the place to start for that has to be how he trusted in God's protection his circumstances felt overwhelming We've seen that. But he believed in God's help and affirmed that, affirmed that in his life. And it made a huge difference in how he felt. We can find confidence by trusting in God's protection. And to see that, we need to first look at what it was that David was dealing with. He would have probably gladly traded the coronavirus for what he faced. In verse 2 here, he talks about evildoers adversaries, foes. He's being attacked by people who don't play by the rules. They're against him, trying to bring him down. When he talks about them eating up his flesh, he's not literally saying they're actually cannibals, but he's comparing them to wild animals who would chew him up and spit out his bones. It feels like he's swimming upstream in the Amazon and he's surrounded by piranhas. What felt like a few enemies in verse two, has become an army in verse 3. His circumstances feel like he's at war. He's got a mob of flesh-eating monsters attacking him. And it's like he's in a bad zombie movie. The script the, 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 and the point of what he's communicating here is to paint the trials that he's going through in as graphic terms as possible. They're the kind of circumstances that would tempt you to throw up the white flag, And maybe that's been what some of you have felt like this week. Let's watch how he stares down those zombies. In verse one, he makes a declaration. He says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Everybody knows that monsters thrive in the darkness. But David says, The Lord is my light. God's like a floodlight that exposes the problems for what they are rather than what they seem. He calls God his salvation because he he sees him as his stronghold of his life. God's his fortress, his bunker. He makes him feel secure. But it's not automatic. He He doesn't have these strong, confident feelings as he... Passively worries about all that's facing him. In the face of the challenges that he's going through, he vocalizes his trust in God. He expresses his faith in words and it it energizes him. He says, You're the light from my darkness. You're my rescuer and my bunker. What do I have to be afraid of? What do I have to be worried about? With you on my side, it'd be crazy for me to give in to fear. Now, David's prayer here presumes a relationship with God that might not be a reality for you right now. But if you do know him, you strengthen your confidence in him by affirming your trust. You put your trust in God into words as you stare down your fears. And as you do, COVID-19 begins to feel a little bit more like Y2K. It's not nothing. It's It's not something we should ignore, but now it's no longer something that we should fear. Now, if all we had was verses one to three, you might have gotten the impression that David just flipped a switch called courage by affirming his trust in God's protection. But it wasn't just a one-time thing. The thing about trials is that they just keep on coming, and there's a period between the start of the battle and the point of God's relief. And it's during that period when we have to wait and our faith is tested. That's when we ought to keep finding our, 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 our confidence by trusting in God's protection. If you look at verse 13, David says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He knows God and he knows God's goodness. And so he has confidence in how the story ends. But watch what he says in verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And at first you're thinking, well, who on earth is he talking to? Maybe you're picturing him speaking to a group of people with less faith that he's trying to encourage. But the verbs here are in the singular. It's it's just directed to one person. And, and if you look back in the psalm, there hasn't really been anyone else in, in the song that might fit the bill of who he might be addressing. I think he's talking to himself. I think he's preaching to his own heart. Forced to wait, he takes the truths that he believes and affirms them again and again. He calls himself to lean on his faith and wait on his God because you will either preach to your heart or you will listen to your heart. By faith, you can declare where your hope is and command your feelings to follow, or you can just follow your feelings and wonder why God doesn't make more of a difference. I think this is where all those Disney movies can let us down. You know the ones where the message is, all we really have to do is follow our hearts? Well, if you follow your heart in the midst of COVID-19 or any other trial or storm, you're likely to follow it straight down into a well of depression. Our feelings aren't feeding us healthy messages right now. This isn't a time to be listening to your heart. It's a time to be preaching to your heart. We find our confidence by trusting in God's protection We also find our confidence by seeking God's presence. We're not going to feel courage in this battle with a pandemic if we're just binging on news and Netflix. But God does something in us as we draw near to him. We find confidence by seeking his presence. Now, that might seem strange to you. God is everywhere, so why should I have to seek him? Well, God is everywhere, but his nearness must be sought. You might spend the next couple of weeks holed up in your home with your spouse, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you share the time together. People can live together and still ignore one another. In the midst of David's trial, he seeks God's presence. He seeks nearness with him. He says in verse 4, One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David feels like he's under attack from an army of flesh-eating zombies. But if he had to boil down his heart's desire to just one thing, he says, I want to be where you are, God. I want to dwell with you. I want to be near you. I want to fix my gaze and my thoughts on on your beauty, on your perfections, the perfections of who you are. I want to inquire of you. I want to talk to you and learn from you. He expresses that, that heart to God to be near to him. He's responding to the invitations of God throughout scripture here. In verse eight, David says, you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. It reminds me of times in my life when my kids were young. They'd be working on a drawing or some Lego creation and they'd say, look, Daddy. And sometimes I'd just be too tired or distracted and I'd just glance over quickly and say, oh, that's nice, good job. But then they'd come over and they'd put their hands on my chin and they'd pull me over and say, no, really, look, Daddy. God wants us to seek his face. He wants our full attention. If you were to ask David where to look for that, he'd tell you to go to the house of the Lord. You can see a reflection of God's beauty in a, in a sunset or a mountain peak or a newborn child, but the place where you see God's beauty the clearest is in the worship of his people. The idea that you can be spiritual but not into organized religion would have been completely foreign to him. It's an idea that's foreign to the Bible. In verse 4, David wants to move into God's house. He's ready to pack his bags, leave the palace, if it'll mean being closer to God's presence. God meets us as we seek his presence. Look at what happens as David seeks him. In verse 4, he feels wonder as he gazes on God's beauty, as he considers his perfection. In verse 5, he feels safe as he reflects on God's protection. He pictures God hiding him in his shelter and concealing him in his tent. It's like David's been vulnerable and exposed. He's been on the run from all his troubles, and God's snuck him into his tent. He's brought him into a place of refuge and safety. In verse 6, he looks with hope towards the end of this battle, this battle that's been raging around him. And he, he pictures himself shouting with joy and singing songs of thanks to his God. And then in verse 10, he feels the assurance of God's faithfulness. He says, For my father and my mother have forsaken me but the Lord will take me in. We don't know a lot about David's relationship with his parents, but it seems in in the early years that whenever anything is important, anything important is happening, all of his brothers are there while David is doing chores. Even at one point when the prophet Samuel invites the family to a special meeting to appoint the next king, David is left in the fields looking after the sheep. He's a Cinderella of the family. But in God's presence, he doesn't feel like that. He feels like he's on top of the world. He feels safe and secure and assured. God notices him. God cares for him. God's faithful to him. And if we're going to find confidence, we need to seek God's presence the way he did. We need to set aside time to pray, set aside time to reflect on how God has revealed himself in his word may mean taking time to digest this Psalm of David and making it your own prayer. Tell God that you want to be near him, that you want this kind of relationship. So we find confidence by trusting in God's protection and by seeking his presence. But finally, David teaches us that we find confidence by pursuing God's will. The security that faith in God can make possible requires that we treat God as God and that we trust his will as good. We find confidence by pursuing God's will. Now, David shows us why it's so important to seek God's will in our lives. In verse 10, we already saw that his parents had forsaken him. The two people in his life that should have guided him have given up on him. And that could have left David vulnerable. But then in verse 12, he describes some of the threats he's facing. He says, there are false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. If you have people around you who are lying to you, it makes you vulnerable. If you have people making threats, you're going to feel the impact of that. Stress, opposition, misinformation. Those things can make you do some foolish things. You begin to act irrationally and buy more toilet paper than you'd ever need. That's why, even though he's confronted by people who look like they have fangs, David asks God to teach him. In fact, to guide him morally, spiritually, practically. He knows that there's no security outside of the will of God. So in verse 11, he prays, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. He doesn't just throw up his hands and say, oh, God will take care of this. Instead, he places his trust in God and says, I need to do this his way. I want to move forward, but to move forward in the will of God. Too often what happens is we ignore God's warnings and then blame him when things don't work out. But if we won't give ourselves to his teachings, we're telling him that What we really trust is ourselves, more than we do Him. And even if we talk about confidence in God, it's really false confidence, it's false hope. If we're going to find confidence in God, we need to be willing to pursue His will. We need to be willing to let God be God in our lives and and let Him direct our steps by His Word. Now, if you've made it this far in the message, you might be tempted to just leave it here might just feel content to just listen to how David found his confidence in God. But I hope you won't do that. This is about you and your confidence in God. I want to urge you to find that confidence in him by trusting in his protection, by taking some time right after this message to tell God that you trust him. Remember who he is. Remember what he's done. And then verbalize your hope. And then keep doing that as you wait for relief. I also want to urge you to seek God's presence. Binging on news and Netflix won't fix this. Let Him take you by the chin if necessary and focus your attention in His presence. Set aside time right after this message to to draw near to Him. And then keep drawing near. Keep seeking Him. But... Don't come in. Don't don't just do that. Don't come into his presence as if you're not willing to listen to him, because God's too dangerous for that. He's too holy for that. Ask him to teach you. Open up the scriptures. Be willing to listen. For some of you, when a throw-up-the-white-flag kind of battle, like the coronavirus hits... The best that you can do is buy more toilet paper because you know that you don't really know God the way this Psalm describes. You know you can't say, the Lord is my light and my salvation because you know that you've never fully put your trust in Him. If you're honest, you've been practicing social distancing from God since well before COVID-19 was a thing. You've been self-isolating from God. And now that you find yourself in in, in, a, in a situation where in your need you just you feel how far away from him that you really are according to the bible the way back is through jesus christ he came for us and when he declared himself to be the light of the world he was showing that he's the light that gave david so much confidence in uncertainty by putting your trust in him he becomes your salvation your savior He'll be your stronghold, your bunker, and the one who is your hope. Now, before I close and lead us in prayer, let me make one request. These are hard times for everyone right now. People are stressed, weighed down by a lot of bad news, and many people are at home, unable to go out and do the things they would otherwise be doing. I can't think of a more important time to just share some hope with the people in your life. Share this message on social media. Email it to a friend. Let's try and lift the cloud of heaviness that's weighing our world down right now. And let me pray for you as you do. Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would bring light to our darkness. Pray that you would lift this heaviness. We affirm that you are our light you are our salvation you're our shelter and our refuge and our trust is in you i pray father for those who have been self-isolating from you draw them near shine your light in their darkness bring them hope for we ask you in jesus name amen I hope this time has helped you find your confidence in God. For other articles and messages of hope, check out www.gracebc.ca and tune in next week when we continue in our series in the Psalms, Israel's oldest playlist. See you next time.